Welcome to the Yuba and Sutter podcast. It's the Yas Cast, covering everything you want to hear about from where you live. We're talking to politicians and community leaders and regular people, and we're going to cover the hot topics. We're going to hear the interesting stories, and we're going to address some of the issues that we care about in this community. Maybe we'll even talk to you. But for now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the show. This is the Yas Cast. Okay. Hi. Uh, good evening. <laughs> Welcome to the Yazcast. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I, I gotta know. Like, so today we're we're just gonna we're gonna dive into a, a um, your ayahuasca trip. Yes. It's kind of it's kind of the, the purpose of this podcast. Who knows where it's gonna go? Um, so uh, first, I, I should introduce you, uh, Sherry. Did you, did you just go by Sherry now? Do you, yeah, do you, you, you got that part right. Okay, okay. You're yeah, good. Yeah, just, just Sherry. <laughs> yeah, you're just like sweating. Like... Yeah, I was, I was like, oh no, Sherry. <laughs> just Sherry. Just Sherry. Uh, um, welcome. We've known each other for a long time. We've been good friends. Uh, and recently you went, um, you're an artist, you're a creator, graphics, all sorts of stuff. Um, you do all sorts of fun things. You're always doing something interesting. Um, and recently you did something really interesting. You went to Peru. I did. For an ayahuasca trip. Correct. Um, can you give like a basic like description of what ayahuasca is for people that don't know? Yeah. Uh, well, first, let me say if I say ayahuasca to anybody listening, I apologize. Randy has corrected me, um, but uh, I, I grew up in a household that uh, we were hard on the A's. So I don't know. <laughs> it's like ayahuasca. Um Ayahuasca. Yeah. So going like going into this, I, I want to clarify, I'm not an expert. I actually didn't know anything about it before I did it. Um, so that being said, do you mind if I tell how I even yeah, yeah. decided? Do, okay. do, do it. Yeah. I, I wanted to get into all of that. Yeah, I, I didn't so know where to start. So. I was kind of, I'm on TikTok. I used to be on TikTok, right? And I would just browse and um, I follow a lot of like metaphysical science and, you know, things like that. And um, a lot of alternative medicine as well. And I kept seeing um, people talk about ayahuasca and, and also, did I say it right? Ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah, See, yeah, now I'm just going to be job. totally freaked out the whole time. Um, and like DMT and, and the things that, um, you know, the benefits. And so I was seeing that, but I didn't think anything of it. You know, I, I, I would just scroll past it. And then basically I woke up one day and I was like, I cannot feel like this anymore. Um, I can't really describe it. I, I assume that a lot of people my age might feel similar. I'm, I'm about to be 40 and well, I'm, I'll be 39 in July. And, um, I kind of feel like I'm halfway through my life and like, what now? Right. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. overwhelming, like what now feeling? And I felt like I didn't, I, I felt very lost. I didn't have any direction. I didn't know what I wanted to do. It's like, I already had the atomic family or I, I guess that's the famous saying, yeah. right. You know, I had the, the kid and the husband and the big house and, and, um, that ended up not panning out. And so now here I am getting to kind of reset and rediscover what I want and who I am. And I didn't know, uh, I was just, I knew I didn't want to do that again, but I also didn't want to not have a family dynamic either. I just, I couldn't figure it out. But anyway, so I woke up one day and I was like, I can't feel like this anymore. I'm miserable. And, um, so what do I do? I open TikTok <laughs> like any American and, um, immediately it was like 
some famous, you know, actor. I, I can't remember. It was like, you know, Al Pacino or something. It was like <laughs> so, somebody really well known. And they were like, you know, I, I did ayahuasca and uh, it changed my life. And I literally didn't watch the video. I didn't learn anything about it. I went online and within like five minutes, I had booked and paid for a trip to, uh, well, so I, I Googled, you know, ayahuasca retreats. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And there was one that was like really expensive and it was a one-on-one -on -one thing. And I was like, I, I, okay, I'm not that rich. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not Britney Spears. Right. So, uh, I found like a different one that was slightly cheaper and, and also this one was well known and it had really good reviews and it had a, they promised that they would have like a nurse on staff and things like that. Which I think, I think it's important because with, with things like ayahuasca or any of these, like where you go to a different country and there's a shaman, uh, it's becoming really popular. And I feel like there could be a lot of like pop-up shamans where it's like, you go yeah. there, it's like, it's like, oh, was, uh, <laughs> this is like government regulated. Like what's going on? Is this cool? Is it, you know, so yeah. I think it's good finding one that has some, you know, uh, prestige or whatever that's like yeah we got five-star ratings it's it, it seems legit yeah like i didn't want the wish version of yeah. a shaman <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so um yeah so in that moment i booked and paid for the retreat funny caveat i wasn't aware that it can take up to seven weeks uh to get a passport and i had thrown my passport away because i didn't know what i was doing and i didn't like the picture and <laughs> i hadn't traveled or anyway so i frantically have to spend the next like you know four weeks because i think i booked it for like a month out uh the next four weeks trying to get an expedited passport which was hell absolutely hell but anyway got that taken care of and um taken care of and yeah and, and in between that time i was telling people i was going and it was funny because a lot of people were like oh you know what are you expecting what's going to happen and i told them i don't know I am going in with no expectations and no knowledge, right? <laughs> Which I don't know if that's the, the best route, but um, I knew what it was supposed to help with. So basically what I had heard um, from various channels was that um, it's good for PTSD, which I was diagnosed with um, in my, I don't know, probably early 30s. And it's also kind of famous for resetting all of the... Uh, chemicals in your brain so dopamine and serotonin and all that stuff and it's it, it kind of just gives you like this fresh start and I thought well that's exactly what I need I need to kind of cleanse which you know I think we can all um, relate to with social media and the isolation of COVID and um, I don't know like I, I just feel like my mind is not is clean yeah, as yeah. it should uh, be. I know, I know a lot of times I feel like I wish I could just like reset this, like, exactly. like whatever. I wish I could just like take the clock and turn it back or whatever, whatever the deal is where I can just like, just, I don't know, like there's a mechanic that can just top off the levels and do this and like, okay, your brain's like back to functioning kind of how it should be. Exactly. Uh, and let me mess it up all over again, but yeah, in different yeah, yeah, ways, yeah, yeah. you know? But still, like, like at least like fix it and get it back to like a, <laughs> yeah. a, a working, you know, model. And then I'll go off-roading and just be careless. Yeah. 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 Um, no, that's exactly what uh, I was kind of under the impression that it would do. So... That was my only expectation, and but I had also, of course, heard uh, that you could have really, really bad trips, and so one of the things that people know about um, ayahuasca, our, our popular knowledge, is that it is essentially you go through the death process, so the reason that you see God and you feel euphoric and you see a bright white light is because 
I think, again, I'm not an expert and everyone, please forgive me if I'm wrong, but, um, your brain is kind of going through the same chemical reaction as it, mm. as it does whenever yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. And that, you're dying. That kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. So you'll hear a lot of people, their experiences are very similar to near death experiences. And when I tell you what happened to me, you'll see that it's pretty in line with what happens when people cross over. So anyway, um, so we're like going into this where you're like nervous or did you not know any of the, did you not were you that like, I don't say uninformed, but just not that like, like, Oh, there's this whole dying process or there's whole, were you like at all nervous or you're like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to go to Peru and see what happens. So there were a couple of emotions going on. I think at that point in my life, I literally was so desperate to, to feel different and so miserable. I didn't care what happened. Yeah. So I had that, but also, um, people have always kind of, uh, like called out the fact that I, I do things maybe that other people don't have like the courage to do. Right. I, that I sounds think, like you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're just going to start doing shit. Like, <laughs> I just like doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and the reason that I think, uh, I am that way and maybe other people aren't is I just try not to think about it. So I booked the trip and I tried very hard to not think about it because I didn't want to get I didn't want to have any negative feelings right and I mean what's the point of fear it, I was going it, yeah, yeah, there was, yeah yeah so might as well try to enjoy it which is funny because I'm full of fear in every other aspect of my life but for some reason if I'm doing something wild and crazy no fear at that, all <laughs> but, that, that, that kind of seems right but, like, oh, <laughs> that this might be some some safety and some balance uh, no I can't do that I gotta, I gotta yeah. do, do a new hobby I gotta start tattooing I gotta do this yeah like waking up every day and going to my job and you know trying to uh, please my graphic design clients I, I'm full of fear thinking I'm gonna fail but yeah I'll learn how to tattoo and work in a shop within three months and for some reason be fearless the whole time I don't know it, my brain doesn't make sense really but yeah so I felt excited. I think my biggest fear was actually it was my first time ever going out of the country. Mm. And I had no idea logistically what the hell I was getting into. Right. Like you're booking hotels and you you have like a huge uh, time. What do you call it? Like the jet lag, like the time difference or, or the time. Or... Yeah. So I'm booking with them and I'm trying to talk to them through WhatsApp. Oh, that's the other thing, too, is like everything. When have you been out of the country? Uh, I went to Tijuana one time. Hey, yeah. I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> you kind of know. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure Tijuana caters to English speaking. People. It's pretty well, American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, going to say they, by they, this they, point, they understand that we're uh, kind of this guy. That's the uh, this is a pretty easy target. We can probably charge more for drinks for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So I was going to um, obviously South America, uh, and I didn't. Uh, I, I mean, I know Spanish kind of like everybody else. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, I could tell people that I knew a little Spanish. I could say I wanted to go home. I, I could do the basics. Thank God. I mean, I couldn't imagine going there with absolutely none. But um, definitely not fluent and not comfortable. Right. So I didn't realize, you know, going into it how my, how little English they would be speaking. So like I, whenever you fly there, or at least mine, I had to fly from Sacramento to LA, from LA to Lima, and then uh, Lima to Cusco, Peru. 
It was a hell of a day. <laughs> <laughs> and by the, like the Lima airport in Peru already was all Spanish, everything. And then you would like go to a attendant, you know, and you're like, oh, please, God, speak a little English because I couldn't I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know anything. I can't read the signs. And of course, everyone's like, oh, get Google Translator app. And it's like, OK, when you have one hour to get off one plane and onto another, you don't have time. You know, you're just download like, the app, figure it out. You're, yeah, 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 you're freaking out. And then also Google Translate. I didn't know this requires that you have service and Wi-Fi. Oh, and here's another thing. Right. So I go to Peru and I realize even though I told my cell phone carrier I was going um, my towers don't really exist out there. So oh, I have yeah. no cell phone service the whole time, which was good for me. Um and obviously Wi-Fi is, um, is, you know, not very common either. But anyway, so I was fearful about that. I was fearful about the logistics and the language barrier. And uh, those were valid fears because they ended up being kind of, you know, issues. But it was wild. I ended up on a plane or uh, my flight from L.A. to Lima what are the chances of this? Like the plane is full of chickens. No, <laughs> I, 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 don't know. I, I, felt, I felt like that might've been the next word. I was going to guess. I have a funny story about that. Right. I took a bus one time uh, in Dallas, Texas, and it was full of chickens. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So I sat next to a girl. Oh, so everybody on there looked like, you know, they were probably from Peru, like flying back home. And um, again, almost no English speaking and this girl sits next to me and she's like this freckled face like little red haired girl and I'm like where are you from and she ended up being from like Utah and she had been living in Peru for three years to teach English by the way I know a lot of people that do that like I need to get in on that how do you do that, that? seems like kind of a cool gig right yeah, yeah right um and so we talked for probably a, a whole hour about what I can expect, what, you know, things I need to be weary of. Um, we also told each other our life stories. It was so funny because she was like um, an up and coming graphic designer. Oh. And so I gave her my business card and she's like, oh my God, you're my role model. Will you? She was like, can I work for you? You know, it was so cute. And so I got to kind of like mentor, which is so weird, right? Like sometimes I don't realize my age. And tell scenarios like that where this like, like girl. Oh, who- I'm an old person. This, <laughs> this young person is looking up to me. Like, yeah. 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 She was like 28. And I look at her and I'm like, hey, I'm 28 too. <laughs> <laughs> How easy we forget. Yeah. Right? Like- and she's like, will you be my grandma? I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, it was just funny. It was, I, again, the, the chances were so slim that that would have happened. And. And then what ended up happening was when I flew into Lima, the airport, she took me all the way as far as she could to my next gate because it was all in Spanish and I was confused. Um, so that that girl probably saved my life. We're friends on WhatsApp still to this day. So That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it was nice. Um, yeah, so I got there. And oh, so when you go, uh, number one, I want to let everyone know my main motivation for doing this podcast is. I really want to encourage people that have the means and, and can uh, to go. It it was a life-changing experience for me. Um, not everybody on the retreat had, which I'll get into later. But uh, so before you go, they make you follow a very strict diet for two weeks. It's basically like, I'll give you the highlights. No masturbation, no sex, no caffeine. I was not expecting masturbation and sex to be on the diet menu. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
I thought I would spice the podcast up a bit. (laughs) No, um, that one was just kind of shocking to me. So I would, I love saying it, but yeah, it was basically take everything that you enjoy and that's pleasurable out of your life. I mean, that really was what it was. Um, you couldn't do any adrenaline uh, inducing. So like I couldn't even work out. You're really just existing and, um, trying to stay away from like they think pork is terrible, by the way. And, you know, they're not the only religion that feels that way. So are, you know, the shamans feel that way. Uh, but yeah, so you're basically a vegan diet. I mean, and um, the caffeine thing was rough for me, really rough because I, I drink caffeine all day, every day. But anyway, so I follow this really strict diet. You get there. They want you to arrive two days before the actual retreat because I guess that a lot of people have um, elevation sickness. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and I actually did, which was funny because I don't get sick very easy. I don't get motion sickness or anything. But when I got there, I was like, oh, I feel really dizzy. You feel really lightheaded. Like, Do you know what the elevation was? Well, um, yeah, well, you can just say no if you don't know. No, but I was just going to say Machu Picchu, right? Everybody knows oh, that. Yeah. It's like really famous. That is extremely high elevation. And where I was staying was right next to it. So okay. it, well, if anybody knows, you know, <laughs> feel free to comment in the section. Oh, yeah, I don't know if this is going to be YouTube. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> yeah, so I had two days to acclimate and which I, I ended up feeling fine again eating primarily fruit which was which is not my favorite um i'm a meat eater so it was rough but anyway we and then this little shuttle picks you up kind of in the downtown area and it was so funny because i'm on the bus and you're you know like whoever gets on this bus with you you're about to do drugs with these people for like five straight days right so i was like all right who's my party buddies (laughs) and um it was amazing. There was like a South African guy, which I've never known a South African person. So like their accents are incredible. Cool accent, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was ador- he was a party animal. My god. It was so funny. We were he was uh probably my age, like late 30s. And it was so funny he gets on and um immediately, you know how you just like click with people. Like yeah. he was going to be somebody I clicked with and I w- uh, I, everybody got on the bus and I was like, all right, so who followed the diet? You know, cause that's me. That's my personality. I'm like, let's make everyone feel guilty. <laughs> and everyone's like, uh, no, I didn't really. And I did. And so some of us did, some of us didn't. I followed it probably 90%. And, uh, again, the caffeine thing, I slipped up a couple of times and the, the guy, the South African guy, he's like, uh, he's like, I did, you know, he's like, I drank and did Coke like three nights ago but i think you know it's out of my system (laughs) he's like i think it's out of my system now and i'm like i don't think that's how it works but okay if they wanted you to do coke three days before they probably would have said it um and then this older gentleman who i later found out he was really into bdsm and it was so funny because he was your typical bdsm guy like dom uh where he looked like he was a banker you know, oh. <laughs> like just white, straight lace, like super. Anyway, um, he didn't follow the diet either. And the reason I'll tell you why I'm saying this, because you'll understand later. Because he's a bad boy. Yeah. He's a- a- <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> like, my girlfriend lives in Peru, so I wasn't. Fo-. And I'm like, OK, gross. <laughs> like, we don't need to know that. Anyway. Um, and then there were some other people. Um, my roommate 
oh she's gonna kill me we're we're all friends on whatsapp and i could <laughs> we spent five days together and i could not remember her name to save my life and i still can't remember it but anyway she was beautiful um and let's see i think oh yes and then there was a couple that um were from like sweden i think and they were like super fit like they were both like fitness nuts every you know? swedish person i've ever seen oh, come across <laughs> they, they, they look like are you gonna live to be a million like yeah. they always just like their cheeks are kind of flushed they just look like they look very hearty and healthy like all the time no this guy was like six six and like all muscle and huge like he looked massive right and then his girlfriend has that typical like little spinner tiny waist you know they were adorable um so they were there and i think that was the majority oh and then um my other i there was another younger guy and um he was from oh gosh i can't remember but kind of like moscow i think moscow okay so anyway so, yeah it's like the russia like that whole like the, the, that, the, that was the vibe he yeah, basically yeah, yeah. was like where i live is cold and really depressing so i'm here oh, yeah, to, sounds about, yeah. Probably, probably moscow yeah yeah so anyway so it sounds, sounds like you had a pretty cool diverse group of people from all, all over the world oh yeah there, we yeah. were all over the place yeah for sure and um so we show up and they're like all right we're doing ayahuasca the first night and i'm like oh i didn't know just, we were just, just right off the bat. yeah we're just ripping off the band-aid um so whenever you go to do it it's interesting so number one the place i stayed um which i'm sure we'll we'll put a link or something but the place i stayed was just beautiful it was like all on the side of a hill and there were mountains everywhere and it was super remote you had to drive basically an hour and a half out of cusco to get to it and um there was a river it was just stunning it was gorgeous um and so the first ceremony was that night uh basically we we had a same the same routine every single time we had they call them ceremonies that's what we call them and you start out with doing yoga meditation uh we talk about love a lot it's a lot of like the point of life is love focus on love right and you got to get in the right mindset because boy you don't want to do these drugs in the wrong mindset so we're you know kind of prepping ourselves then the shaman comes in and they have like a certain wood smoke that they um kind of blow all over your body and then you have oils that you and basically the point is to like protect yourself um because their belief is that whenever you do this drug i hate to call it a drug but when you take this medicine you're opening like a portal in your mind and and if you don't protect yourself then obviously bad, yeah, yeah. bad things can come in so you have a lot of that ceremony and then basically um there are like little mats and there's i think the first night there was only like 11 of us and we let we have to lay down in a circle it's huge a big circle and the room is basically all wood and rock it's super beautiful and um there's a huge skylight so you can look out the whole time and you're right next to the river so you can hear it and they have you lie down and they light a fire in the middle of the room and um, we've all taken it. So uh, the way that it is, it looks like a shot of, so they give you a shot glass and you either take like a quarter, half or a full. I think my first night, because I had never done any, uh, I don't know how to say it, hallucinogen, hallucinogenic, psychedelic. Psychedel yeah. I, I had never done anything, yeah. right? 
So they gave me a little above half where like, uh, you know, my friend from, uh, South Africa, they gave like a full shot too, right? Because this guy's they, they, seasoned they, 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 veteran. They topped him off. He ended up taking three full shots a couple nights later. But anyway, so he takes a full shot. I take a, a little more than a half, and and um, the the crazy part is you once everybody's taken the medicine. So real quick, what did it taste like? Was it like oh horrific? Was it? Yeah, uh, it was actually interesting. It kind of it. The best way I could describe it is if you took a shot of espresso and you let it sit and condense down to like almost molasses, like that's, it was just incredibly potent, a little bitter. It was almost reminiscent of coffee in a lot Kinda of ways. pretty good. I, I, I didn't I'm hate it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It wasn't bad. Um, some people hated it. Some liked it, but I love bitter. That's one of my favorite flavor profiles. So I was all about it. So anyway, um, yeah, so we're lying there, and it's completely silent, which is crazy. Um, so in the room, we have two – they're called medicine women, and they're basically local uh, local women that are believed to have some connection, right? Um, that That's what they call it. They're always like, are you connecting? Are you connected? That's how they talk mm. about it because we try not to mention God or anything like that. Yeah. That, I get stigma. Yeah. Um, plus their big thing is Pachamama. So in their like culture, Pachamama is essentially mother earth, but she's also the God that they worship the most. So why are you smiling? I, I just love that name. Do you? But yeah. Like that's like a <laughs> tattoo or something. I feel like for probably for you, not for me, but maybe yeah. me. I don't know. I, mean, I feel like it's probably not my tattoo to get, but I just love the name, the way that sounds. Huh, Pachamama. Yeah. I thought it was kind of silly to be honest. No, like I, it was... I, I love it. Like, huh. like there's something about it. Just like. It's funny that you say you love it because <laughs> I'm going to get kind of X-rated here, but a lot of the guys that take ayahuasca, or at least the guys that I was with, had sexual experiences with Pachamama. Like, she'll come to visit you, okay. and she gave one guy oral sex and to to completion, I guess, right? And <laughs> Way to go, Pachamama. Man, this is like... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm on Priceline right now. Yeah. Up, uh, <laughs> yeah. Ayahuasca retreats. In... You're like, you know, I was on the fence about going, but all of a sudden, it doesn't sound it so bad. Really yeah, <laughs> mama, ask your friends. Um. Anyway, so it's completely silent, and it's kind of funny because you sit there for about thirty, forty minutes in complete, like it's eerily quiet. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so you have your two medicine women, you have your shaman. Um, you have the psychologist who's also like kind of the director of the entire thing. And then you have at least two nurses. So all these people are in the room, including us. Um, and the two medicine women, I didn't know this until the last ceremony, but every single night we did it, they did it. They were also taking ayahuasca, oh. which I think they do so they can connect they, and they, help they can, us They can connect. all be in the same spot. Yeah. 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 But what a hell of a job. The, 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 <laughs> the, this was like the guy from hot wings that like. Like he's eating the hot wings too. Hot, hot, hot ones is that what's called hot ones? Oh, hot ones! Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that guy's eating the wings too. I didn't realize that till like five episodes in. I was like, that dude's eating them too. Like he's not reacting to anything. Yeah. Now yeah. that you say that, can we have from this point on hot wings when we do our podcast? Like really hot oh. ones. So like, <laughs> I'm not a hot guy, but that's uh, I'm down. I'm down. I think you're hot. Oh, <laughs> you're such a, a pachamama. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty little pachamama. Um. Anyway, yeah, so you're you're there and and then uh 
usually about 45 minutes in, somebody vomits, right? So ayahuasca, again, an, another reason, or I, I think what makes it stand out from every other drug is uh, it's famous for making you purge. So somebody, I remember, uh, wanna, you can't tell exactly who or what's going on because it's so dark, but I could hear somebody violently throwing up. And it was funny because the second you hear that, you think, Oh fuck, am I next? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think here it comes because you know, like, okay, it's, it's hitting everyone's system. And I'm like, fuck the YouTube. Like, okay. So, oh, I forgot to mention this. Um, my first introduction to ayahuasca was actually, I, I'm a big documentary watcher. Like I, I try to watch them all. And I saw one a long time ago and it was about people that had terrible PTSD from war going into the jungle and doing ayahuasca. Right? Do you recall what the documentary was I don't. Okay. No, it was so long ago. But of course, like most people, I distinctly just remember all the purging because the, yeah, yeah, they yeah. showed the ceremony and people are just throwing up. I, mean, I, I think that's like a big part of it is, is you, which, which I think it also relates to keeping clean. Like don't, don't eat a bunch of weird shit because you're going to purge all that stuff. Yeah. When you get there, the days that you're having the ceremony, they don't let you eat. You're allowed to have fruit for breakfast and that is absolutely it. And you're allowed to have water and tea. So I was starving basically the whole time, but uh, anyway, so yeah. Um, so the purging started. So my reaction, basically, I think when that the guy threw up, I was like, oh God. So I should disclaimer really quick. I can't even smoke weed because like I get so, um, I don't know, scared of losing control or like marijuana has our THC gives me like this really intense body high and I don't like it. And so I started getting really, really scared all of a sudden. And then of course, like <clears throat> it was like lightning struck me and my whole body felt like it was on fire and it was super tingly. And I've had panic attacks before. This was not a panic attack. Like, I don't know what the hell happened. And I immediately thought I have to call a nurse. I can't do this. Like it, it went from zero to 90. So, oh, and I should say this too. They have a shot for anybody that wants to go and is nervous. Um, they have a shot that they can give you that stop the effects of the drug. Oh, so, so it can't cancel out right away if, if it's too intense. 20 or, minutes. Or yeah. I, I figured it'd take a little bit of time. Yes. Yeah. So you, you would have to sit in the discomfort for 20 minutes, but is, is it just a time frame? Like how long does that, like the high or whatever last the experience? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. Yeah. Well, no, no, that, that's okay. I, I, that, that way I have a time frame yeah. of like. So we started usually around seven and I would say the average person wasn't done until one o'clock in the morning. I mean, this is a Is this seven long... at night or seven in the morning? I'm sorry, seven at night. Okay, I just mentioned. Until sure. one o'clock yeah, yeah. in the morning, yeah. So yes, yeah, it's not like you're like, ah, it goes away and you go home for the night. It's it's a you're you're in an experience for a while. Yes, All because right. it has such an effect on your um body that you can't you can't necessarily just get up after you're done with being high um so anyway uh yeah so I got that overwhelming feeling and I got super scared and then I thought okay I don't want to be scared um I was like I'm just gonna like breathe and let this body high kind of do whatever it is that it wants to do and the good thing too about this was I knew the whole time that the so basically the the drug works or the medicine works even if you don't have visions because again chemically it's it's it's, it's still doing stuff it, exactly. just because you're not having weird visions it's still doing things yeah so in my mind i was like okay 
if I'm having this reaction, then it's probably, you know, going up into my brain and doing what it's supposed to do. So I'm going to suffer through it. So, uh, but then that passed and all of a sudden I closed my eyes and I see what everybody sees, right? Our DMT. So one of the main active ingredients is DMT. So you see a lot of that, um, uh, Oh, I forget what they call it. I kept calling it sacred geometry because that's kind of what that's it, kind of a probably some yeah. But fractals, fractals, fractals. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So you start seeing that in super vivid, really colorful, and I remember thinking, "Oh boy, here we go!" You know, like it was like a roller <laughs> it's coaster. Time for the, it's time for the ride. <laughs> yeah. And right when that happened, uh, one of the oh, and I should mention, I'm sorry. By this point, about an hour and a half in, everybody's starting to have like visions and we're tripping all really feeling yeah, yeah we're yeah, tripping yeah. balls basically and again i'm trying to make it sound like it's legit so <laughs> just like i was really high um well so at that point these medicine women they go around and they sit in front of you and they sing unbelievably loudly and it's like this native um beautiful music and they rotate so like they sing on top of each other they sing alone it, it's just crazy because there's two of them and let me tell you, when you're high as a kite, it's a hell of a fucking experience. So they're going around, and then at the same time, they're blowing tobacco smoke on us. So in, again, in, in their belief, tobacco smoke um, protects you and wards off evil and things like that. So they were blowing that on us. And the shaman, every time somebody would um, purge, the shaman would basically go over and start saying a prayer. And like they believe that, you know, that means that you're susceptible I think to to things entering you so anyway so my attendant one of the nurses she comes over and she's like how are you feeling you know are you connecting and I said it just started it had literally just started so so do I do you have like an awareness why, why you're going through all this stuff I for some reason it feels like you're uh like my, my mind imagine imagines it as you're like in another world and you don't have like control yeah do you have are you like aware that you're high or are you just like on a fucking ride, I guess. I, I don't know if that question makes Can sense. Can I ask you if you've ever been high? You, you, like, do you do you have anything that could relate to? So maybe I could better explain. Edibles. Okay, edibles. Um, where, where I know I'm high because I'm fucking freaking out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but 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 I'm not like. But I'm not. I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing fractals. I'm not. I'm just like. Yeah. Okay. So that's a kind of a little bit of an out of body. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'll touch on that in a minute. But okay. I, I'm glad you asked that because it was funny going into it, um, never having experienced anything like this before. I remember thinking, I don't even know how people hallucinate. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I feel like too. Yeah. Is like, like what, like, do you like, can you like, does your eyes shut down and you just see fucking colors? Like I never like, I never understood that. Yes. Okay, good. I, me either. Okay, good, good, good. So the way, uh, let me say that I did ayahuasca three nights and every night was very different so this night was different than the next night but i'll say this night basically um when you close your eyes you are seeing visions um you're okay so like the fractals okay so god shows up right i see fractals my attendant leaves and then um, all of a sudden God shows up as this really bright white light. And again, everybody has this. I don't know why it's this way, but we all have the same story. And you know it's God. It, it is a weird experience. You just know it without any doubt that it's God. 
and it's a very masculine version of God, which I was, to be honest, surprised by because I thought it would be like neutral, but it felt like a fatherly figure. The re- uh, and so to explain it, it's like you're seeing it. It's you, you close your eyes and you're seeing it, but you're not seeing it in your eyelids. That's what I thought would happen. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, when you yeah. push on your eyelid and yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. hallucinating. Uh, no, it, it's like you're seeing it in the distance. But then when I, as the trip progressed, it stopped being in the distance and it started being completely in my mind. And it was like a lucid, unbelievably vivid dream. So you're there, but you know you're not there. Yeah. Yeah. So ayahuasca, if you do just the right amount, which is what I did the first night, doubled my dose for the second night, which is a whole nother story. (laughs) (laughs) But the first night I did the perfect amount. So I was only hallucinating when my eyes were shut. Okay. And so that was great because if I got scared, I could open them. Yeah. Um, But there is a lot of body high that comes with that drug that I didn't expect. I thought it was going to be all hallucinating. I thought it was going to be like LSD, which which again, I don't even know anything about LSD either. Have you done LSD? No, no. But I I, I was under the impression that LSD is like purely visual. Yeah. And, but ayahuasca is very, ayahuasca, yeah, is very uh, physical. So I felt like warm and tingly. You have like a sexual body high for sure. Um, you don't necessarily want to touch yourself. I have done um, ecstasy and it was it was like that. It was like ecstasy, but you're hallucinating at okay. the same time. So um, God shows himself and I don't know, like nothing was really communicated other than this unbelievable amount of love and compassion and caring oh boy i'm gonna cry when i talk about it so but um i also want to say he looked like a jellyfish so you're gonna hear me say that a lot (laughs) (laughs) the only way i could describe the way it looked is if you were to see the top of a clear white jellyfish like in the ocean also everything moved in that way it was such a fluid fluid. like to me sexual right that movement is like so fluid and sexual and that was how it was moving. He was moving. Um, and he kind of had the texture uh, of a jellyfish and was translucent, but only slightly. So uh, this is the best way I could describe it. And then he started to transform into what I could only describe as like a flower, but the petals again were like jellyfish. They were clear. Um, and he was opening like a flower would open if it were to, you know, bloom very quickly in front of you. So that happened and then he faded and the presence became extremely uh, feminine all of a sudden. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe this is Machapama or Machapama. <laughs> Pachamama. Pachamama. Yeah. Of course you would remember. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm trying to get a number. Like yeah. Say, hey. You scribble her name in your notebook. <laughs> um, so it turned into a very feminine presence, but the visual part of God disappeared. And so it was still God but the feminine version and it felt very motherly and uh i don't know this is probably going to be tmi but i don't care again i want people to go out and do this I, so. i'm all i'm all for tmi so I, that, that's, yeah. that's my jam yeah like tell me all the all the <laughs> tea so a lot of what she was trying to communicate like she basically wanted me to understand that i'm a child to god um that's where that like unconditional love and caring comes from but 
the main message was that I have to care about myself and take care of myself the way I would an infant or my own child, right? And we don't think of ourselves like that. Like, we treat ourselves like shit, and we treat our kids like they're, you know, God's gift to earth. And she was like, no, 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 you have to treat yourself like that as well because, you know, you're a child of God. And and the, the gift of life that we have been given is a gift. And she was just showing me that, like, a lot of us are not focused on the fact that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, funny to say that, but really like our, our time here on earth, she was like, it, number one, it goes by like that. It's an experience and it just flies by. It if you flies don't, by. Yeah, if you don't stop it flies by regardless. once in a while. Well, she, <laughs> <laughs> but she was basically like you, it was so funny because she wanted me to know, like I'm here to enjoy life and to um, feel pleasure, you know, like to just, but to love everything was love so much emphasis on loving and loving people and like that is the only reason you're here is to love and be loved and share love yeah and of course hippies say that shit all the time and i was like okay buddy i'm here to make money right like but until you have god tell it to you you you'll never understand it uh to the degree that you need to um so she kept pushing that message and it was a lot of um, showing me the ways that I had been hurting myself. And it, she was crying for me because she was like, this is, you know, she was crying for the pain I was causing myself, which I think we all do. We self-sabotage. We put ourselves in positions that we know we shouldn't be in. Yeah. We date people we know we shouldn't date, right? Like we, we do these things and we know like there is an element of self-destructive behavior that for some reason lives in all of us. And I don't know why, but she was weeping for the pain that I was causing myself. And then she also told me and showed me that the pain I had went through in my childhood, which is why I have PTSD, um, was came from a place of love and it wasn't punishment and you say that out loud and you try to tell people that that have had traumatic childhoods and i know that that would be really hard to understand and to process and like it it would make me angry if somebody told me that but in the moment you know without a doubt that it's true and it makes complete fucking sense and then you come back to reality and you're like well that doesn't make any sense at all but the feeling is still still there. there yeah So I know I kind of have spent my life. um, So my favorite quote my whole life has been to live is to suffer and to survive is to find meaning in that suffering. That's Nietzsche. And I love that quote because that was how I lived my life. I was like, oh, okay, I had all this trauma in my childhood and, you know, I'm going to be a foster parent, which I did. And I was like, I'm going to help children. And that's why I had all that suffering. But God showed me like. That's not why I had the suffering. Um, again, I can't explain it. He, they didn't go into detail. <laughs> they didn't give me a memo. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. I, I, I some questions about the suffering you're talking yeah. about. What? Um, just a little more explanation on what you're talking about. I don't know. Maybe the point of the suffering is to give you the character and the strength that you have now. I, I don't know. All I know is it was with love. And so I got to walk away from that night and that experience, understanding that everything negative that's ever happened to me as an adult is um, my own doing. Right. And I need to correct that behavior. Yeah. Um, because God doesn't want me hurting myself. 
and everything that happened to me in my childhood that hurt me had a purpose. So it, it was almost like, oh, that, that kind of resolves all the... I think I went to Peru without realizing it, carrying so much resentment. And I I, I kind of pride myself on being like this happy-go-lucky, like cheerful person. So I don't get angry when I'm driving, right? Like I'm, I'm not an angry person, but I realized like... I, I just felt like I had been wronged in a lot of ways, you know, and um, the resentment was building up and up. And, and then it's a weight that you're carrying and it makes it's almost like a, it creates a wall around your heart, you know, like yeah. the resentment and nothing felt as good. I couldn't enjoy life as much. You know, even if I fell in love with people, it was like uh, it was kind of 70 percent there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not like when you're 20 and you fall in love, you know, and it's just ridiculous. Um <laughs> So I realized like, oh, it was resentment. And so having those answers kind of helped me shed a lot of that. Um, I think that was the, the gist of that. I, that all happened probably within an hour. Oh, and then I, um, it was weird all of a sudden when you do ayahuasca, you yawn a lot. So I was yawning and yawning and yawning. everybody was. And I asked for a cigarette. Um, they have these 100% tobacco cigarettes that they encourage you to smoke because it increases the experience. So I smoked one of those. And then all of a sudden, like, my mouth turned down really hard. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. And I just started bawling. And uh, it was crazy. It was completely uncontrollable. Like, my muscles were moving without me um, moving them consciously. So I cried a whole bunch. And then... Oh, and then I rolled onto my side and I hugged myself and I kind of, in that moment, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to love myself now, right? I, I'm done being full of self-hatred and, and doubt and, um, you know, being a people pleaser and constantly being, a fe you know, fear, uh, afraid of rejection and I don't know. I just felt like God loved me all of a sudden and, and I didn't need anything else. It was just this wild experience. So... I went to bed after that. It's probably about one in the morning. And of course, you can't sleep. I mean, my God. This, yeah, this whole, <laughs> I just thought God is like, well, okay, I'm just going to go to bed. Yeah. I'm just going to call it a night. Yeah, all right. Well, um, no, I got out my notebook, thank God. And I wrote everything down. And um, yeah, it, it was wild. It was a beautiful experience. And then, of course, your roommates start to trickle in um one at a time and we're all just looking at each other like what the fuck what, just what? happened <laughs> you know did, did your roommates have a similar experience i mean i, I don't know if that's okay to talk about oh yeah yeah like, so the know. best part is you get to wake up the next morning and you again we have no oh i didn't mention this this is a no electronics no wi-fi no nothing there was not a single screen in the you know there was no music even they want you to sit in silence you know and so when we wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, God, I can't wait to get down into, like, the dining hall area because we all get to eat together, the men and the women. The men and women are obviously separated. We have to stay in separate rooms because we're not allowed to, you know. <laughs> and uh, so you're, like, rushing down in the morning, and everybody meets, and we're all just, like, dying to tell our story. Um, and it was amazing hearing pretty much oh so i was gonna say i wanted to touch on the diet and the reason that i brought it up if anybody does go stick to the diet because every single person that bragged about not sticking to the diet did not have any experience at all oh that's interesting 
So they have a belief that, and they tell you this before, they're like, this drug it allows you to connect with God. Now, some people might argue that, but I heard that the Vatican actually has control of this drug and the, like regulates who can use it and who can't. So, I mean, there might be some truth to, you know, you're connecting to God. But anyway, they were just saying like, um, you have to respect this drug and you have to go into it respecting the process, the medicine, uh, Pachamama, like you need to go in there with the utmost respect in every way. And everybody who went into that ceremony that night and didn't follow the diet, didn't respect the medicine and was there to quote, have a good time, unquote, got nothing. I, isn't that a wild take like, that sucker yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, it was yeah. just like i mean these people were smaller than i am you know there was no reason why they shouldn't be yeah, yeah, having yeah. this full experience so um i would say for the most part everybody's experience was very similar uh my roommate she said her life flashed before her like she got to see the whole thing from again just like when you die um and then she had this like brief moment in her life flashing before her eyes where she was like two years old and touching grass and she could see it and smell it it's wild so here's the crazy thing oh i didn't mention this i'm sorry my first trip there was a brief moment where um i could see i I couldn't make it out in the beginning okay it was almost like pillars and they were floating you know a hundred feet away from me but they were like almost like just huge you couldn't even imagine how big they were they were floating in space and they all had different scenes on them from my life and one of them had a scene that was like pink and white and I remember looking and I'm like oh my god it was strawberry shortcake which was my favorite cartoon when I was a baby and I was like I haven't thought about that cartoon in forever so I saw that and then um there was a period of my life where my mom, um, unfortunately, we didn't have anywhere to live, and so we were actually living in my grandfather's garage, and it, I don't know how long we lived there, because of course I was a child, and yeah. you know, time is relative, but it, it was like the middle of winter, and it was freezing cold, the garage was not insulated, it was like one of those like built on the side of the house, and anyway, and that was a kind of rough time in my childhood not the roughest but one of the one of the hard parts and um it for some reason the medicine took me back to that garage and I could smell it and see it and feel it more so than when I was there like it's hard to describe but whenever you have visions that are memories or especially memories you see and feel it a hundred times more than you actually do in real life. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everything is more vibrant and smells stronger. And so, yeah, those were two of my kind of memory flashbacks, which I need to think about more because I'm not sure why that was shown to me. It was really random. Oh, and I saw an Asian boy and a, a, a like African boy. I don't know. They flashed really quick. You do see like a lot of a random lot of di- different things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, visual, you're like, just like, well, it's what's... probably like digging through your mind, and then and then something gets a you know your mind yeah. grabs a hold of something like ah oh, fucking strawberry shortcake. This is a good thing to show you. Yeah, and, <laughs> and like... this fucking garage. And yeah, like, oh, wait a minute, this look is at this a... garage. Um. Anyway, yeah. So the next morning, she she told her story, and and again, everybody was pretty similar. Uh, the Swedish guy, the really in shape guy. Oh my god, he had the craziest experience. Basically, he was like 
um, he said that the medicine like pulled his body out of his body and put it in front of him and was scanning his body and finding issues in his health and clearing it out. So like, you know, little tumors clearing it out or whatever showing him. And then also show, then it started pulling up all the people in his life and like essentially making him make amends to them or, you know, like it was, he had like, even the shaman was like, that is the wildest story we've ever heard. (laughs) It was crazy. Um, so after you do the ceremony and you eat breakfast, you immediately go into a room with the psychologist and the nurses and you get to tell your story, what happened, and then they calculate your next dose based off of that. And again, all the party animals and all the people that didn't follow the diet were like, this place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I paid $1,500 and I didn't even get high. Um So of course the shaman's like, all right, well, we'll triple your dose if you want, right? But... Yeah, you could tell he's just like, go ahead, take yeah, more. It's yeah. probably not going to work because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. And uh, so the next night, oh, and then, of course, all day. you. Oh, I think that day we volunteered at an animal shelter. So we walked the dogs and gave them baths and fed them and stuff like that. Um, you could see a video of me doing that on my Instagram. I, I, I feel like the animal, animal shelter just sees a bunch of like dudes <laughs> just got fucking that just saw God like walking <laughs> We're here to walk your dogs, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. We were very out of it because you're not sleeping very much and you're not eating any calories, right? So, yeah, we volunteered at the animal shelter and then the rest of the day we had like a free day. And then that night we did the second ceremony. That one was wild. So, the second one was wild because we also had a group of people enter our group that were new. Oh. And one of the people where it was this very very skinny like 20 year old guy who you could tell like was from the inner city like he he had uh he was rough around the edges right you get what i'm saying like and um and of course he was like yeah i'm here to have a good time and i was like oh here we go with this shit again you know like this is not a party the place to come party these people are suffering it's a very expensive party <laughs> yeah. go like yeah i was going to spend all this money to go to uh, peru yeah and party. i would go like, to amsterdam or something yeah, you know yeah, probably yeah. a little more exciting um oh and i noticed too a lot of the people were there or a lot of people that were there that would say i don't have any trauma cuz we were all very open um the guy that was from like moscow he's like i'm not joking at he was a bartender who was trying not to drink and um he also as a side gig cleaned up murder scenes and he said where he lives like 90 percent were suicides oh wow and so he would tell us like the shit he would see on a regular basis and he's like i'm here because i i need to get those images get some of the out. shit out of yeah yeah and i'm like my god but that's crazy um but the majority of people there were like oh i don't have any trauma i'm fine and i was like Man, you guys are lucky. I mean, maybe it's true, but uh, I, I I feel like everybody has some. That's sort of, how I feel. I mean, I mean, like we're bound, we're bound to come across just some sort of experience that that just you know maybe tweaked us a little bit, you know, that affected us somehow. It, it's very hard to picture that. I mean, I'm sure those people are out there, but again, sure- though, pain is relative, right? Yeah. So uh, people are like, oh, well, you know, I didn't serve in Vietnam, and it's like, well, I didn't either. But, like, my mom 
you know, was mean yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, trauma just means like I had a experience that affected me yeah, negatively. Yeah. Right. And anyway, if you didn't have trauma, boring. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah we're kind of boring. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to trauma bond, <laughs> yeah. if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it was, uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, I, I would say the majority of people were open about a lot of the men that were there, the BDSM guy, um, who it was interesting. I was like, oh, yeah, I dabble in that, too. And then he was like, we should be best friends. We, we and I'm like, that. whoa, hold oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> he Back got excited up. real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was like, I'm here because I want to learn to have more empathy, which was interesting because oh. that was one of my motivating goals, too. I think when you're raised uh, a certain way, you lack empathy. Um because you just, as a survival mechanism, kind of have to shut emotion off. And it's a trauma response, by the way. No, even though he's like, I don't have trauma. Uh, anyway, but yeah. So, th- But a lot of them were just wanted to be better versions of themselves. They didn't necessarily, you know, um, have any big, big issues. So, okay. So we go into the second ceremony. And, of course, I'm feeling cocky as hell because I was like, well, I saw God. But, I, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> Can't get any better than seeing God. Like, I'm ready for this one. Like, I was the, the only one dose. who saw let's... God the first night. Yeah. So I'm like, no big deal. And of course, that's me. That's my personality. I literally went into the second one way too fucking cocky. I doubled my dose. And I'm just laying back like, you know, I'm going to have the time of my life. And again, same routine. I, I, I feel like God's like, bitch, did you not learn anything from yeah. the first thing? Like, yeah. <laughs> We're, we're trying to get rid of all this cockiness. We're trying to bring it back down to a real le- level here. Yeah. Um, so this this night, um, the the reason I mentioned that really skinny guy is because he he was very open about having a very sensitive stomach. And so they give him his medicine. They give us all our medicine. And like 15 minutes, this guy's projectile vomiting. Oh, by the way, I didn't vomit the first night. Oh, okay, I felt okay. like I wanted to and I could. But I don't. I was embarrassed, pa- to yeah, be honest. Yeah. I held it I, in. I, I feel like you can be too embarrassed to vomit and you can not vomit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I feel definitely. Like I've, I've been in those situations where it's like. Oh, I think I'm going to throw up. Like, no, I don't want to do it here. I'm just not going to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know. And then you just feel terrible yeah, for like yeah. hours. Yeah. You just. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the second night, yeah, he purges immediately almost. And you could just tell I was like, the vibe is different. I don't know. I couldn't explain it. It was a little heavier, a little more negative. Um, but I was here for it too, you know? So like when my trip started the second night, I told God, I was like, I don't want you to show me what I want to see. I want to show what, or I want you to show me what I need to see. Yeah. That's a big question. I feel like. Yeah. Oh, and that's the other thing too, is when you do ayahuasca, you have to ask, you need to talk to God and ask permission. You have to invite it in because, or whatever you want to call it, it's not going to come in unless it's invited. So I was like, you know, show me. the depths of hell, which honestly, that's what I was always expecting. I would go there and I would be drugged down to hell and it would be terrible and I'd be screaming. And I wanted that. Like, that sounds wild, but I was like, fuck it, let's do it, you know? Plus, I'm a big scary movie fan, yeah. so like, <laughs> let's just get wild with it. Um, yeah, be careful what you wish for. So this time, I started seeing fractals. It started feeling pleasurable 
really intense body high. This time it was like really sexual. I actually had a desire to touch myself, which I hate to say that on, on a podcast, but I did. And it was wild because like I could get kicked out if I did anything sexual, right? So I'm just like, I don't know what to do. What do I do with my hands? Yeah. And well, you're covered with like tons of blankets because um, ayahuasca makes you cold. So I was like, well, nobody will know. No, <laughs> God's watching. Yeah, yeah, Literally yeah. God's watching. <laughs> um Anyway, so I start seeing fractals, and that's when I was like, no, I don't want to do this again. Like, you know, sh- do something dramatic, you know, like, f- fuck me up. That's how I felt. I was like, let's do it. Um, and then all of a sudden, I became <laughs> what I can only describe as um, the highest that I think a human being can be. I could not imagine somebody – well – I basically was taken to the brink of completely losing all grip with reality. Mm. Um, Everybody will say that ayahuasca makes you feel incredibly uncomfortable. That is like the best way to describe it. You feel so uncomfortable, so out of control. And so the second night was what I would probably call my ego death because uh, it, it like scares me to even talk about it still to this day. Um, that drug brought me to my knees and it was almost like it was like god you know like when you want to enforce your will and show somebody you have control over them you know how you can like hold their head down and they can't move yeah like it almost felt like god was doing that to me and showing me that my control is an illusion so it was weird because you're you're passing between constantly feeling like you're in a dream coming back to reality i wasn't even hallucinating at the peak of my high because i was too fucking high i was so unbelievably high i like i couldn't tell i couldn't form a coherent thought the dialogue in my mind was gone i felt like oh this is what crazy people feel like that Mm. is literally what i felt um and I even called the attendant over and I was like, I, I'm too, I was like, I'm too high. I don't know what to do. I was like, I, I don't want to take the shot, but I, I was like, I'm very close to not even knowing what reality is. I could feel like I was so close and I was, was terrified. A, okay. I was going to ask, was it a scary feeling or was, oh, was my it just God. like, what the fuck is happening? Well, it's, it sounds terrifying. I just wasn't <laughs> sure if that was like the, the vibe. It was terrifying because... The the drug, I was so high. The drug was making me want to go to sleep. Mm. But my biggest fear going into this trip was I have sleep paralysis sometimes. And it is the most terrifying experience to... Have you ever had it? I don't think so, but I I, I know You people, would remember. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know I've woken up and I've seen like my fucking room covered in fucking spiders. Oh, and, okay. And I, I, like, I, That's like, lucid dreaming probably more. Well, like... Well, I mean, like, I don't want to jump into your story, but like, oh no, go ahead. Like, I, this has happened a few times. It hasn't happened in a long time, but like, uh, I just remember like waking up and like it's the middle of the night, and the, and the fucking the, the room is like covered in spiders, like all over the fan, all over the walls, and I'm just like, and I get up and turn on the lights and turn around, and then Shadow's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, like it's like, ah, oh, there are spiders all over the wall. Like, <laughs> it was like, oh, okay, crazy guy. Like, 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 uh, but I haven't been like paralyzed where that you know where you're like. Where you're seeing whatever the you know uh, demon people see like Paralysis shadows or demon. Yeah, 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 yeah. He came to visit me. It was wild. Is, is it a gray man? Um, yeah, 
Yeah. Okay, that's a whole that's a whole separate yeah. podcast. Uh, it is. We'll talk yeah. about that later, but that's a uh, yeah. Well, it's a terrifying experience, and there is nothing worse than trying to tell your mind to move, or you know, and you can't. It's nothing's happening. Yeah, yeah you're paralyzed. So I was terrified that that was going to happen while I was on this drug, like, and the way I was feeling, I thought, oh my god, that would be hell. So anyway. So she comes over and I tell her, I'm like, I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. And she said, purge. So I get the bucket out. And by this point, (laughs) to the left of me is my female roommate. And to the right of me is this beautiful guy from North Carolina who I (laughs) formed my crush on, right? And I'm like, oh, God, I had to fucking throw up in front of this dude. And even as high as I was, by this point, I didn't care. But going into it, I was like, I don't want to perch in front of him. He's cute. Um, (laughs) But yeah, by this point, I was so high and so desperate to not feel this way. I was like, give me the bucket. I don't care. And so I start chugging water and I just like projectile vomit over probably 15 times hard and a lot. And I just keep chugging water and throwing up because I'm so desperate to not feel the way I'm feeling. Anyway. So, yeah, this was an interesting high. And again, because I was so high, I wasn't, I couldn't even concentrate on hallucinating. Like there was no talking to God because I couldn't form a coherent thought. You were too high. I didn't know if I was dreaming. I would look at things. They would disappear. So I was throwing up in the bucket and the bucket would disappear. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to throw up and the bucket's gone. And then it would reappear. Like I was seeing like snake eyes inside the bucket. I saw serpents a lot for some reason why I was hallucinating. Um, Yeah, it was... And it was just this unbelievably uncomfortable. I kept putting like, you know, I put like my hood on. I take my hood off. I would. Uh, oh, and then I took my shirt off because I was so uncomfortable and I didn't, you know, you don't care. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, fuck it. I'm taking my. So I take all my clothes, my top off. Thank God I had a sports bra on. And uh, so I'm like stripping down. People are probably thinking I'm nuts, right? Like I'm the only person up taking my clothes off, throwing up like constantly. And um yeah, I was just high. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Uh, but then I kept thinking like, all right, this is going to reset the chemicals. That, gonna, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this, there is no way it's not going to. So I eventually calmed down. I'm not as frantic. I'm breathing. Um, but I, I do feel like going too far is good in the sense that you know that you went too far like 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 you know how far you can push it and you went over the line so you know that like you made that point so you you crossed the you crossed the line yeah so, so you don't th- you don't have to think like what if i just took a little more yeah i didn't want to leave the trip and be like i wish i would have done more yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. i don't you have that, that feeling cover. you got yeah, that cover. We, we covered that part yeah <laughs> Um, so I was lying on my side and then again, I didn't have any visual hallucinations this time other than the fractals in the beginning. But what I did have was auditory hallucinations and it was weird because it was like a lot of voices that were mine, but weren't mine at the same time. Um, and it was an ego death. So I can't really go into detail without just totally bashing who I am on a podcast, but (laughs) basically everything wrong I had ever done in my life and you know, all the wrong I had done to people and never intentionally. That's the crazy part. I I've never intentionally hurt anybody, but I was unintentionally hurting people constantly. I mean, I I think this goes back to the, I think, I think most of us operate out of love uh, and we're just not that good at doing it sometimes. You, You know, it's like, it's like when you punish your kid, 
too much or too hard or whatever. It's like it's like I'm, I'm you can't fucking ride your bike across the street by yourself because I love you. Like like yeah. And he's just like that's my little freak. You know, I mean that's a weird example, but like no, that was a great example. Yeah, but it's all it's all it's all coming out of love. I mean, most people aren't like I fucking hate this guy and I'm gonna do some shit to him. Like no, I, we hurt people out of love all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm one of my favorite sayings now that I got back is nobody thinks they're the asshole. You know what mm, I mean? Yeah, yeah, we yeah, are yeah. all waking up doing our best, which is not very great most of the time. But yeah, like, you know, we're hurting people unintentionally. And I think that that's what God wanted to show me was like, you know, here's what you're doing. And, and then also, like, I have a big, big ego and I always have and I know it's going to be the death of me. And that was what I wanted to die while I was there, too. So it was a lot of like, hey, here's your ego and how you think you're so cool and great. And here's how you're killing yourself and suffering because of it. Right. Like a lot of a lot of that, a lot of showing me people being hurt, you know, it, it'll take you to places like it'll take you to see your ex-husband crying alone in his room um, you, you know, cause he misses his son or whatever. Not that I ever took my son away from him at all. We have split custody, but you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. it wanted to teach me to have empathy Yeah, where I didn't have very much before. So that went on for a really long time. Very unpleasant, very uncomfortable. Definitely not the fun high I had the first night. <laughs> um, definitely didn't want to touch myself anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was how that one ended. Oh, and it was so funny because I finally came to this one lasted until about it, it lasted until probably one in the morning and I went to bed at about three. But I came to around one and I looked to the right at my North Carolina friend and he's sitting up smoking a cigarette and I look at him and I'm shirtless. I'm like, you know, sweaty. I'm covered in probably vomit by this point. And he smiles so big and I smile so big. And I was like, dude <laughs> and i was like are you okay and he's like yeah i'm great and i was like i'm great too it was weird right Just a weird little yeah because you go to hell and you come back and you're pretty happy to be back yeah. you know you're just like, much better great. than where it was all day long yeah 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 um yeah so it was a really euphoric experience once it was over and i could tell i i think i had had that chemical reset um that time which is funny. So I go to leave and they take your vitals every time you're going to leave to make sure you're safe to go to your room. And my heart rate was like 116. Um, and my oxygen was down to like 80. So oh. my oxygen is usually 99. And my heart rate probably rests about 65. So and they were like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I'm good. I still feel pretty fucked up, but okay. Uh, so I went back to my room and wrote my journal again and then the next day you get a day of rest. Oh, and I should specify, I, I opted to do the five-day retreat. They do have a three-day. I did the five. And uh, so you have a day of rest. I honestly just laid out in the sun, and the weather improves amazing. It's just hot enough, right? And, yeah, yeah. Um, so I laid out in the sun all day, every day, and read and drew. Um that was pretty much it. I tried not to listen to music because I, I did have a realization while I was there that I do listen to a lot of music that has a very toxic message that's kind of oh. feeding my ego. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I need to chill out on that. <laughs> you know, especially now with like uh, all these songs that are popular are all about women being like, I'm the devil, you know, bad little oh. bitch. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm the devil. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you go, girl. Yeah. Like, power. 
go destroy some hearts you know like it, it just fucks your mindset up and so I was like I think I need to stop doing that you know having a lot of realizations about the media I'm consuming yeah 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 and um yeah so even though the whole time I was there I was reading this like smutty vampire book that's like 90 per- it might as well be an adult you know novel but anyway and the next night we did our third ceremony and this one's not really eventful because I uh to be honest I was terrified so and the psychologist saw me when I was really really high um oh I'm sorry I forgot to mention so when I was really high the second night because I know a lot of people don't understand what I'm saying when I said I, I was on the brink of losing my mind the best way I could describe it is that we have the material world we have our body we have our soul our spirit i don't know that's kind of a simple way to describe it i was so high that instead of all those things being connected it was like an accordion that had been completely Mm. opened and expanded and so my body and my soul were no longer operating on the same like they were that's wild yeah so like I would look over and something would be moved or I would have like I would come to and I'd be drinking water, but not realize I had even consciously done it. It it was all operating completely separately and on its own. And I think that's, you know, you see people that have lost their mind and a lot of times they'll be doing something that you don't understand and it's because they don't know they're doing it. And it was like, that's, that's how I felt. I literally lost my mind. I think in that, in that moment. So and then your soul and your spirit being separated just kind of it, you feel the separation you just you know that you're it's almost like when people die and they're floating above their body but i wasn't i was four feet away from my body instead of being floating above it i would i would go to reach for something and i would have to reach way further than uh, i thought it's so it's hard to explain but that sounds pretty trippy yeah so anyway, the the third one was nothing. I was too terrified, so I lowered my dose to a little less than half. I think the psychologist was worried because he had seen how high I got the the second night, and he wanted me to take a pretty low dose. Um, and the second night was pleasurable, and it was a little bit of a body high. So, um, but that was pretty much it. Uh, you know, you bond with those people that you're there with. Like we're gonna probably did, did be- you make friends in North Carolina? No, unfortunately. So he he was his own group, and basically every group made a WhatsApp, and you know what I mean. So like my group has a WhatsApp, and his group had a WhatsApp, and no, we never uh, never connect. And also, that's not he was young, very. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah, probably yeah. like in his twenties. He had his whole life ahead of him. Like I don't need to you know destroy. Him. <laughs> <laughs> he was too sweet to date me. So yeah, no, no, no love connection. Um, but I, I was also, you know, not in that mindset. I mean, you're, you're not there for that at all. I know. No, no, no. He was just nice to look at. And he was so sweet, right? You meet those people and you're just like, oh, my God. Did, did, did he so have an accent, in. a little accent? Um, not to me, but I've been told I have an accent and I don't think I have one. So I don't, I don't think you have one. I don't, I don't know. You have one, too, though. I do. I think so. I, I feel like I say some words silly. Like, like, like if I have an accent, it's like a silly accent. Yeah, well, it, I went to Minnesota one time because that's where my family lives. And I was like, oh, I don't have an accent. And they were like, yeah, no, you do. And I was like, oh. And then you start hearing, and you can hear a California accent. 
yeah, yeah, in yeah. me and and a little bit in you. Yeah, I say dude sometimes. Like like I, I, I you know I, don't, I, feel like I, don't, yeah. I feel like I don't say dude as much as I used to. But hella or dude, like if I'm typing something, I'll start to type hella, and I'm like, oh, like I said, <laughs> yeah, can I still like... do that? Is this like you know what? I was like, I'm from California. I can say hella whenever I want. Yeah. Like I have that that right. So now, now that you're back, uh, do you have any like major takeaways, or is there like a uh, um, I mean, it obviously feels like you, it was totally worth the experience for yeah. you. Um, do you feel, do you still feel like, uh, the benefit, uh, like, like losing your ego a little bit, you still feel that, um, you know, is that still with you? Cause I, I imagine just like with most, pretty much everything in life, you go through an experience and you feel whatever. And then, and then you slowly creep back to whatever that baseline was. You might not hit the baseline, but like, um. You know, you know, you go through experience and like, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, and then eventually you kind of get back to doing that again. You, you know what I mean? So like, like I feel like yeah. that's kind of like you're going to have this experience. You're going to go through a, a period of time of maybe it's years or whatever. But um, I feel like I'm talking way too much. But like, like, how, how do you feel now that you're back? So I opted to stay in Cusco, Peru three days after our fourth three days after the retreat was over. Most people didn't do that. They flew home immediately. And I was like, I, I don't think I'm in the mood to get on an 18 hour flight. Yeah. Yeah. So I went back to Cusco. Um, I stayed in a little apartment and I got to finally eat. Oh my God. Real food. What was, yeah. What was the food? Uh, the first thing I ate was a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, nice. They still don't want you. They, they would prefer you not eat. Okay. So you go to leave and they tell you, listen, we know you guys are all going to go back to being scumbags. Right. But if you want to hold on to what you have, you know, created here, you cannot eat pork and you can't drink alcohol. Well, I'm sober. I don't drink alcohol, so that's fine. And I'm not a big pork eater, right? I actually don't even. I've always kind of wanted to not eat pork. I do like bacon, though. Unfortunately, yeah, tough. like I'm not a big bacon guy, but I also am. Like I never ate bacon growing up. Yeah. But if you eat a good piece of bacon, it's like, oh shit, man. Well, like if you go to a breakfast, like I'm doing two eggs and two pieces of bacon and toast, right? Like that's my go-to meal. It's a solid breakfast. Yeah, and the thing is, like, it's not very much pork. But anyway, okay, I digress. <laughs> anyway, so I get back. I have you know. A grilled cheese sandwich and i am f- euphoric just absolutely euphoric everything that i went there carrying uh you know the the ex-boyfriend the you know just childhood trauma all the things that were hurting me and i was resentful for or about uh were gone completely gone and so i actually spent the three days there getting tattooed because oh you got tattoo oh yeah so i got this jellyfish oh, oh fuck yeah that's badass <laughs> That's God. Yeah. Um, and then I got the actual um, ayahuasca. The plant. The plant. Yeah. yeah added to my sleeve. Hell yeah. Uh, the main reason, too, was they are a third of the price there. Like, literally. I- I'm about to try. Yeah. I, I got this one. It was 170 fucking dollars. Randy, I can't tell you how many times you've told me how many I, how much that tattoo I, I, cost. <laughs> I am still in shock. I am still like... I look at this thing and I'm like, uh, uh, like I feel like I have this little like. You experience. literally I, I, told I, me every I time like, I've seen you for the last like year. It's like day two of ayahuasca <laughs> trip. But every time I look at this thing, like, oh my gosh, I'm in hell. Like I can't believe I spent all that money on this tattoo. Uh, You're so funny. It's oh been like God. a decade since I got tattooed, and so I got that recently, and it just, you know, 
I just was like, I'm still, I'm still like coming down from the shock of like $170. Is yeah. Watermelon. So this was like 80 soles, which is their money. And, um, essentially I think it was like 35, $40 American. Oh, that's not a third of the price. That's like, uh, oh, 20, uh 20th. I'm probably way off, oh, way, yeah. way off, but it, it was less than half. Um, yeah. And then this one, I, I'm not, I can't remember, but anyway, the point is. It was way. It was less. affordable, and it looks like a really good tattoo. Yeah, no, they yeah. all came out great. So, and I got to hang out in a tattoo shop with cute boys, so That's that didn't <laughs> hurt. <laughs> None of them spoke English, even better. <laughs> um, yeah, but I just got tattooed, and which is funny because there I go doing adrenaline things, which yeah. I'm not supposed to do. <laughs> but yeah, I walked around and I I found a Starbucks, thank God. Oh. So I was just like in heaven, you know. Um, it was it was great so now i uh, then i come back and um i still feel really great um i had you know written a letter to my ex-husband uh while i was there kind of just you know telling him how i felt about everything because we've been divorced for two and a half years but like a lot of people um we decided to divorce and then like never talked about it never talked about what happened or how we were feeling or the trauma like that shit's traumatic it's you know it's a death of something you really wanted um and i think there is some of that that needs to be sorted out through the people involved everyone's like oh go to therapy and it's like well okay yeah i'll go to therapy but I want to sit down with the person that also went through the divorce with me and, and talk to them. You know, how are you feeling or like what trauma yeah, you know, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I wrote him a letter, read it to him. You know, I, I, I started, I just really, I was like, I want to start being closer to everybody. I really want to focus on love. Um, and I will say for the most part, like it really did resolve all of the issues I was struggling with. Um, the only kind of catch now is, you know, so I'm, I'm dating of course. And when I date people now, <laughs> I think I scare them because I'm very much like, Oh my God, I love you. I care about you. I want what's best for you. And like, we well, that, live... that's uh, me and shallow. will talk about love sometimes. And that's like, what is love? Like so many like, Oh God, I hate love. it. I hate yeah, that. We don't have like, more words. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I, you know, like if you, if you care for someone and you want the best for them, isn't that what love is? Isn't that kind of what love is? And it's yeah. like how you not just love, like we, this, we have a lot of conversations. Uh, like me and Shadow's sister, we have this, uh, we love everybody. We can't help a thing. Yeah. But like, I it got just, that. It just, it just, I yeah, have like, that. We just love everybody. There's no, it doesn't matter who you are, what you do or what's, what sucks about you. Like we just love you. Like there's no off switch for that. I've um, always been like that, but I, uh, very afraid to express it. But yeah, right? it's, it's very hard. You, you can't just walk around to fucking strangers and be like, "Hey, man, I love you." Like, like it's like it's like it's a little weird. I like, mean, you can. You, you're on a first date. Like, oh man, this fucking sandwich is good. Uh, I love you. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I'm a very back. like first date dropping l bombs type of girl. Like for sure. When <laughs> I, can, I, I can picture that. When I, can... I know, I know. No, but no, a lot of it like I, you know, oh, I I found out on the trip that number one, the English language sucks. Like. Trying to explain to somebody what I went through and usually using the English language or any language, I'm sure words cannot describe what you go through when you do that medicine just. And also I heard the other day, like, I think in the English language, we have one word for love and like in romantic languages, they have 27 words yeah, for love yeah. or something. And it's like, yeah, we need that. Like, let's there's get more, on that more, fucking yeah, yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah. Cause like, I'm tired. Like, you know, I'll go on a couple of dates with somebody and I'm like, God, I, I really 
like love and care about you and of course these people are like what the fuck what, but i'm that? like listen i got back from peru okay like i this is just, i'm vibing just trust me I, you go to peru and we'll go back on another date you'll be like oh yeah i love you too like you're, you're gonna get it but it's like i'm not trying to marry you right i'm just you do like especially if you have affection for yeah. somebody or admiration i don't know there's so many different types of love like the the majority of love i have for people is usually an overwhelming desire to see them happy. Like, I just want to help them be happy. I want to make their life easier. I want to buy their yeah. kids presents. I want to, you know, like, I'm just like, I want to do things that bring a smile to your face. And if I have that overwhelming feeling to make you happy, that's love to me. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And then there's romantic love, of course, that's different. I, I, I know the Bible has like a bunch of different terms for love there's like the, the bible the, yeah the bible the bible damn really Jeez. okay that's like my fucking limit like i, I you know uh <laughs> besides that i'm like uh yeah jesus right that's that's that book right like he's in there um but there's like brotherly love there's there's you know you have the fucking whatever words for it um i'm not gonna say because i'm gonna i'm gonna goof it up and you know everyone that listens to this is gonna be like what a nerd yeah um, you should goof yeah, it. yeah there, there, there's you know there's like brotherly love there's whatever all the fucking different types of love yeah um yeah, yeah, just I feel like in fucking English, it would just like love. Yeah, like that's that's it, man. With just that one. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of surround myself with people um, that are big believers in saying "I love you," you know. And it was funny when I first started hanging out with people like that. I was like, man, that's fucking weird. Uh, but then you start doing it, and you're like, yeah, dude, I love you. Like, you, I want to say I love you to my friends. I'm like all about saying it, you know. So I came back, and I'm like, I'm just gonna focus on love. But I gotta, you know, kind of temper that down. I think whenever I'm dating. But anyway, like, <laughs> but there's a time and place. Uh, first date at Starbucks, not always like the right, you know. I'm like, oh my god, you're so beautiful. Um, yeah. It, so everything so far has really worked out well definitely worth the money the trip was beautiful everybody was beautiful um but i will say reality has kicked in i stayed off of social media as much as i could for as long as i could um i tried not to listen to music that was bad for me and of course i am i can feel it already starting to pick up the, you know like somebody noise and all that well somebody hurt my feelings the other day and my immediate reaction is, well, I'm going to hurt their feelings too. And it's not a conscious thing, but I think it's human nature. Or, I don't know. Maybe I messed up. But, you know, like I can, I can feel those kind of, you know, ego. That's what it is. Yeah, it's yeah, my yeah, ego. Yeah. You've hurt my ego. And the only way I can get that back is to hurt you too, you know. And so I do see those behaviors creeping in. But the good thing is now I'm so aware of them and aware of how – unbelievably toxic they are and unhealthy and again i can no longer think about it like what's good for me i have to think about it like i'm a, a child of god my life was a gift and is a gift it's going to be over incredibly quickly and i'm here to enjoy it that that was the, my biggest takeaway is we are here to enjoy life and it was funny Going into this trip, I thought it was going to be confirmation bias, meaning I thought I was going to go in there and have all these uh, hallucinations that told me everything I had ever thought and felt was right. Because that would be human nature, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not what happened. Um, what happened was, because again, my theory has always been we're here to suffer. I thought we all had karmic debt and we are on earth paying that debt. Like that was always my theory. Then God showed me that 
I'm incredibly loved, cared for, and I'm here to enjoy life. And that goes against everything I've ever known. Right. And I'm like, okay, so I have to restructure everything. So the problem is I come back to real life. I got bills to pay. I'm working, you know, and I'm like, oh, this isn't enjoyable. So now I have to figure out a way to set my life up in a way that I enjoy it fully and thoroughly. Um, but still, unfortunately, you know, I, I'm a mom. Unfortunately. Wow, that sounded terrible. Oh, wow. And it beep. Yeah, we're just going to clear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pay no attention to the last five yeah, seconds. Fucking kid I got to take care of. No, um, okay. I have a wonderful kid. But the problem is when I came back from Peru, if I wasn't a parent, to be honest, I would have sold all my shit and moved out of the country. And I would have found a job and lived off $500 a month because I know that that's what we're here for. This is not it. This, what yeah, we're yeah, doing yeah. is not it. I can't do that because I have a kid. And I, um, I just want to say for the, for the record or whatever, that is something you would like. I know a lot of people were like, Oh, I just saw my shit. You would do that <laughs> in a heartbeat. You've talked about it. Like, like if there's one person I believe that will sell all their shit, move to another country. Oh, thanks. That, is that means a lot to 100% me. hundred percent. you. <laughs> Like without a doubt, like it's it's bound to happen at some point in time. I'm a little. I've been told I'm a little uh, impulsive and and an all or nothing type of person. Yeah, 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 that's. uh... But yeah, it. This is not what we're meant to do. This isn't the life we're meant to lead. You know, it's if you think about it, like if you were to move out of the country and buy a house that had a small amount of land and you grew the majority of your food, if you thought about your day being. you know, gardening. And and now let me say really quick, as somebody who was raised on a farm and also just recently had a house that was half on half an acre, um, having land is not easy. It's not fun. It's not pleasurable. It's a lot of stress. And you know it, what I it's, mean? It sounds nice. Uh, in fucking oh, TikTok. you live on uh, uh, land too. Well, yeah, like, like in a TikTok video where they're like, oh, we're doing our garden. Whatever. Going out to get the chicken's chicken, eggs. Chicken. Yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. No, yeah. you got to go out when it's fucking raining and, yeah. the, you know, one of your chicken's dead. You don't know why. Like, it's constant. Your yard's overgrown. The, the, <laughs> something's broken in your house. It's like, yeah. man. Like, no, I, I, I am like, I, I would I would sell that house in a heartbeat and find a nice little small fucking dinky thing somewhere yeah i would be so happy yeah but i i what i was getting at is that you know you would have ups and downs throughout the day but you would have like pleasure and you know negative things but good things and then also like when you have land and you build something by yourself right you get that sense of accomplishment yeah Yeah, that's absolutely true Yeah. yeah Oh, so what I realized, too, on the trip is that when you have low lows, you get to have high highs. And I think we live in a world now where we have the constant dopamine drip of social media. We're so afraid to feel sad. We're so afraid to feel any negative emotion. And when I was on that trip without any screens or distractions, like I would wake up in the morning really, really sad and depressed because I was, number one, coming off of drugs. I was sleep deprived. I, you know missing my family, missing out, blah, blah, blah. But it was amazing because I would wake up sad and depressed and then I would go down and have breakfast with this group of people and like my dopamine would fucking shoot through the roof, Mm, you know? And then it would go back to baseline when I was reading in the sun. I think that's what we're meant to do as human beings. Like we're not having the variation anymore. I think people think we're always supposed to be happy. No. And and, and when we're not happy, there's something off and that's when we go to pharmaceuticals, we go to the doctor, I need some fucking meds. Smoke weed. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and all of a sudden we're all fucking drugged up and whatever, yeah. because we're not, you know, no, I, I am a huge believer of you have the high highs and low, low, like that's just part of, you know, sometimes shit gets tough and it's not fun and take that in and, and be in that moment. And at some point in time, you're going to have a fucking blast and it's going to be like nothing you ever felt before. And it's like, Oh, this is 
incredible and uh if you don't have those I, exactly. you know i feel like you need the low lows to fill the high highs and it's just that's just part of the journey and it's hard because nobody wants to fill the low lows um they're scary they're scary that's just that's just yeah you feel that shit and all of a sudden yeah that, that's the contrast you know of of the highs and the lows that make it just incredible yeah that's why i'm such an advocate for sobriety is you know that people are numbing their lows and then their high becomes less and less and 2024 no my my resolution is i no, couldn't help but bring it up no boost for 2024 that's that is my uh i just it just kind of hit me at the end of the, of the year like i think it was, that's that's what i need to do like that was like the fucking you know the world the whatever the god calling me like uh, we're not gonna drink in 2024 so we'll, i will see how it goes but i i know i know i go through ups and downs and i'm always trying to uh control which we, you kind of talked about control for a second i'm always trying to control drinking where it's like i'll just have a drink here and drink there and sometimes that works and sometimes i'm waking up with a hangover um you know if i try to just i i would try to drink just wine and i would just end up drinking a fuck ton of wine uh so yeah 2024 i just you know what? i'm not gonna do it uh i'm excited for you i yeah. think you know again it happens, it happens. No Facebook, no booze. Like, man, who knows what 2024... I feel like 2024 is going to be a big year. 2023 was shit. So this is like... Oh, good. I'm glad yours yeah, is yeah. also shit. <laughs> it makes me feel better. 2023 <laughs> was a low, low. Yeah. No, I feel that oh. way. Honestly, I, I do... Uh, 2020, 23 was rough for me. Very, probably the hardest year of my life. Um. So, uh, yeah, maybe. And I do have an overwhelming feeling like this is my year, right? And, of course, it's like maybe I'll meet somebody wonderful and, and maybe maybe everything will start to make more sense, start right? Click, Where, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, click, I feel like nothing in 23 clicked into place. It was all like, ugh, it was not like, feeling yeah. good. I, I was cool all the first couple years of the pandemic, 2023. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how long the pandemic's been going on, but anyway. Ten years, probably. That's what it feels like. <laughs> 2023 was the hardest year that yeah. I have that I can remember. It was just, it was the whole year was hard up until like, you know, three weeks ago kind of thing. Like it was, wow. it was just, it just was not, it was just kind of struggle after struggle. And, but you know, that's a whole thing, but, uh, 2024 I'm, I'm fucking showing up. Good. So Yeah. So the point I, I think I was getting at is, you know, if you have a little house and a little bit of land and you can grow your food and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, like that's what I want to do. I want to, Move out of the country, buy a little house in the jungle. You know, I'll probably always design because I actually really love being a designer. I'm very yeah. lucky to love my job. But the problem is, you know, again, I wake up, you know, let's say hypothetically, you know, you go to the gym and you get your Starbucks and you go home and you sit at your computer or you go to the office and you're pretty much like neutral all day long. You're dopamine dripping. You've got the music you love. You have the gym you like, your Starbucks, you know. But that's the problem is like, that's not sustainable. And then we sit at a computer all day and we feel very neutral, no highs, really no lows. Um, I don't know. You just start feeling kind of dead inside. I think, yeah. you know, it's just like, man, we're really going through the motions. And then again, you hit 40 and you're like, half my life's gone. That, that I, I feel like 40 for, I mean, like, I know it's kind of like a stereotype or whatever, like, ah, oh, the midlife yeah. cry. Like, I feel like 40, like I'm going to get a Corvette for sure. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have a whole, I have a whole joke about the, the midlife crisis thing. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like I feel like there's something about 40 where it's just like, you realize like, like, I, I think, I think you like shed a little bit of the, uh, like, caring what people think about you not all the way you still you still have there but, but I, you know I, I know for me i've spent a lot of years of like what do people think about me you know whatever like worrying about that you kind of just like you kind of maybe wear a little bit goofier outfits like you don't care as much um and then you start to realize like man 
I've been worried about all this stuff. Like, I, there's just a there's like a little switch that kind of flipped, and I feel like it was like on my 40th birthday almost. Like, it was just like, ah, it's a little bit different than when I'm 40. There's uh, life. You can see like the end game of you know you can you can start traveling down like oh pretty soon I'll be 50 retired and then it's just it just fucking a hop skip and a jump and you're fucking dead. Uh, hopefully that wasn't uh, too morbid, you know, whatever. But uh, a hop, but, skip, and a jump, and you're dead. Somebody <laughs> make a, a shirt. Yeah, that's gonna. Be <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but I just there was something about forty that just like had that switch that flipped. It's like things are a little more important. Like I really need to start figuring out who I am. I need to start um, experiencing things and start. I just start really, uh, you know, fucking enjoying life. I guess and and living life. Yeah, I'm not quite 40 yet, but I can tell you 24 is going to be my year of boundaries. So I think you're a people pleaser like I am, right? Oh, fuck yeah. yeah and I, I care a lot about what people think more so because I want, you know, I, I, this is kind of crazy, but even like getting up, I, I do my hair and my makeup every day and I do it for other people because I, when they look at me, I want them to like enjoy what they're yeah, seeing. Right. Yeah. Like that is the level of fucking people pleasing I'm at. Right. Which is bad, but yeah. So, which is fine. I think that's a great quality, but I also have to set boundaries, you know, and, and I need to cut people out that are unhealthy for me. And, um, so that's kind of my midlife crisis is really like, what's serving me, what's not. And then also it was so funny. My friend posted a book today and it was like, uh, learn to be okay with being um, disliked or something like yeah, that. Oh, it yeah, was a yeah. book. And I was like, I need to fucking read that. That's a, yeah. Cause that is my huge thing is like I, the fear of being not liked is causing me to not be able to live my life to the fullest. Like who fucking cares if somebody likes you? So I'm not everyone's cup of tea. That's fine. And I'm, I'm done trying to be everyone's cup of tea. I, I think I, I struggle with that so much, uh, for when I'm a Libra and, uh, you know, <laughs> you know fucking, everyone's got to love me. Like that's just my, it's, it's not my choice. It's just the fucking, it's in the stars. It's, <laughs> it's written in the, the stars. stars. Not my fault. <laughs> Um, I, I think what we don't, I don't say choose sides, but we don't stay, we don't like be who we are, uh, then we attract everyone or we attract, you know, we, but we, we're not actually being ourselves around people. So we don't actually know who our tribe is, who are, you know, where if we are fully ourselves and maybe some people aren't going to like you, that's okay. Because the people that are still around you, they love you. Like, you, you know what I mean? And that's like, you're surrounding yourself with the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I feel like. I, I don't know if that's, uh. Maybe that's just me because I, I spend all my time just in the fucking middle of like not choosing sides, not doing this, just just yeah. I've, just I've watched not, you. Not not, and I, I'm cool with that. Like I, I that's kind of who I am a little bit, but but also uh, I just don't make waves. I don't do anything, and and. But now that your life is halfway over, you know, and you have a choice of how you're going to spend the second half, it's like, don't you want to spend it with the the people that you the, and this absolutely is, this love? Is the, and this is like the this is like my realization is like like as many friends as I have, I feel like I, I don't have friends. Like, like when I want to go do something, what I used to do is like post on Facebook, Hey, I'm going here. I'll be here. If anyone wants to go, like, instead of saying like, Oh, I'm going to ask so-and-so, Hey, you want to go to this fucking concert with me? Like, like if that came up, like, I don't know who I'd ask. Like I would, I would stress out. Cause like, I don't have a person that I'm close enough with to like, Hey, let's go fucking see a concert. Um, so like, I feel like my, realization this year this you know what this transition phase in 2024 or whatever is like i need to build those friendships that are like my friendships like i need to have some like actual friends that i'm close with and um yeah like if, if you know my I can't, not a concert buddy but like if i'm gonna go do something it's not like post on facebook see who shows up it's hey man let's 
do something together like that's uh, mm-hmm. um like b- building those friendships and, and instead of trying to please everyone like just just get the people that matter to you in your life do you think it's fear of rejection that makes you not want to directly reach um, out i don't know if it's, i i don't know if it's fear of rejection uh, I, 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 honestly, I feel like there's a lot to it. I feel like I feel like there's a whole. I feel like if they're fucking another podcast, a, a psychologist was here, they'd be like, oh, I "Lay down on this couch," and, <laughs> and it would be all sorts of, um, you know. I, I feel like part of it is, as silly as it sounds, is like I have a hard time. It, it doesn't feel like commitment, but like, um, like if I if I'm uh, for on vacation, I have like a little bit of like, oh, you, you get some money for like souvenirs or whatever. Uh, I have the hardest time buying buying something because it's like, oh, if I buy the shirt here, like I can't get a shirt. What if I come across a better shirt later on? Hmm. And, and so, I, so I feel like that. Like, what if I make good friends with this guy, but then I'm not going to be able to be as good friends with this person over here? Hmm. And then it's like, so I just I just stay in this middle zone where I'm just like kind of friends with everyone, but not super close with anyone. You know. Um, Yes, yeah, so it's a very weird spot, uh, and I'm kind of realizing that. That that's I, a really interesting, yeah, character trait. I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I'm an odd person. I yeah, feel like. I, I, I don't know if anybody knows this. I'm a little bit odd sometimes. Um, huh. So yeah, so it's like it's like I, and it's weird because I, I also know there's people that I can say anything to. Like I know I, I know you. I can say deepest darkest. What I can tell you anything. I'm totally, here for it. Yeah, yeah, you're here for it for sure. I have I have a lot of those people where it's like. You know, even people that don't know that. I mean, maybe that's just me because I'll just <laughs> tell people a lot of shit. Like, <laughs> maybe that, they that, don't want to know. That could be a flaw, actually. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but yeah, just just these like really close friendships that like, uh, you know, yeah. That, that, that's anyway. That's my that's my 2024 something that's on my list to think about and work on is just really building these closer friendships with, you know, us, not in the entirety of Facebook. You know, yeah. what, what is, which was what I used real, to try to do. Yeah, real yeah, yeah. genuine yeah. connection. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they naturally evolve too, you know, like, don't you ever feel like you hang out with somebody and you're like, oh, that's what's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do men get that feeling? I get that feeling all the time about men, women. You uh, just click. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 There, yeah. There's certain people that you just like, oh man, like, like I, there's a lot of people that are like my friends now. It's like, I remember one, one guy, him, and his girlfriend came to our garage sale and it was just like, bro, you guys want to hang out? Like, you just like, felt yeah, it. Yeah. And we're, I'm still friends with that guy. Um, I have a handful of those friends where I see somebody at an event, we start talking, and it's just like, uh, I don't be weird, but do you guys want to like change numbers and hang yeah. out? And, and yeah, those are like good, those are like have developed into good friendships. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's certain people you just click with and you just know, like, ah. But I, I don't think I always develop those relationships because I am too busy, I don't know, trying to please everybody or trying to, I, I don't know what it is, but anyway. Anyway, well, this is your year, I guess. This is my year. <laughs> Um, so uh, everybody out there if you get picked as randy's best friend just know you're lucky <laughs> <laughs> he's really vetted you really really I've, the last 10 years i've been tracking everything and i think i'm ready to make my decision yeah um so do, do you have any like parting words do you have any uh i, I mean i feel like we already kind of went over that like just like your sage advice or your sage uh just love people uh, yeah I... lo- love yourself you are a child of god love yourself like you're a fucking child yeah, be gentle with yourself and uh, enjoy your life. And I guess a big message, too, is to everyone, stop doing what you're doing because this isn't working. Yeah. You know, like it's not the suicide rate is outrageously high. Yeah, to me, drug overdoses are suicides. So, I mean, if you were to put all those together, imagine how many people are choosing 
yeah you know to check out so this lifestyle is not working um i would just encourage everyone to be honest with themselves you know and and not live in fear and again watch the videos of people that have had near-death experiences or that are on their deathbed and and listen to what they say and it, it is like literally that your time here is going to fly by and um you know get out there and love be loved spread love like get into service community service like help people in need um that i mean what is the purpose of our life if we're not improving um somebody else's day in some way i love that i love that like yeah and um and if any, you know, and if anybody has ever considered doing anything like this, I, I would highly encourage it. Um, it was definitely worth the money. It was worth the time. It was by far the most life changing thing I've ever done. And this is coming from somebody who has went to every denomination church known to man. I go to church you, every you, Sunday. You, you've explored, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like I hindu buddhism i've explored it all um i've tried yoga meditation you know astral projection i've done everything and um nothing could even come close to touching this so you know the goal is that you should be able to communicate with god without the drugs um i think we live in a society where that that's nearly impossible Uh, there's just too much distraction and and there's too much stimulus but um yeah pray every day and know that you're loved i guess that's perfect if, if not by god by me and randy clearly <laughs> um uh, people want to find you on social media is that is, is that are we not are we oh yeah now? no that's fine okay. uh so sherry levon design is my uh so sherry levon design.com that's my website um and that's also kind of the name i use for everything so sherry right. levon design you, 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 is instagram Facebook. You'll, find, you'll find her yeah yeah you're a wonderful designer, by the way. I love your work. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story uh, and, and just sharing this time with me. Totally appreciate it. And appreciate your friendship. And I so I don't be weird. I love you. I love you, too. Right. <laughs> thank you, everyone. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, if you didn't hear, we love you, too. Thank you so much for listening to the Yazcast. I really, really appreciate it. You can find the Yazcast online at yazcast.com, where you can find information on past guests, information on becoming a guest, or you can reach out to contact me for whatever reason. If you're liking the show and you feel like you want to lend some support, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash yazcast. I appreciate you so much. Love you.